Hello, everybody. Welcome to Heat and Magic Assist podcast. I am your host, Carson, and I'm joined by my two friends, Stephen and David. And today we're going to have a little bit of news about the NBA, plus what happened over the week with the Magic and the Miami Heat. So uh, let's start off with some news. Uh, David, what do you want to talk about? Yes, thanks, Carson. I want to talk about just a follow-up to our last week topic um, when we talked about that missed dunk that wasn't called by James Harden and that the Rockets file an appeal to the NBA saying, I, know, I guess they want to replay the game or being rewarded a win. <laughs> but um, Adam Silver just uh, gave his decision on Monday and he basically denied their appeal. And just saying what we said last week, his main reason was that the Rockets had sufficient time to overcome um, the error. And he also fined those referees as well. Just interesting that, you know, everybody knows that was a missed call. Even the commissioner admitted it was a missed call. But the main thing, like we argued last week, was they still had a lot of time. still a lot of time left to overcome it. And it wasn't that missed dunk that cost them the game. It was just their lousy play and allowing the Spurs to come back from a 13-point deficit. I guess we were just good to hear the commissioner say that. But I think... The biggest controversy I see from that is like unlike the miss like unlike missed calls like miss foul calls or miss travel calls or whatnot, there's no guaranteed points from that. Um, the person can miss those free throws or whatnot, but this call was a guaranteed two points. So I think that's where a lot of controversy was coming from, especially from like non Houston fans. But just a lot of time left, and it really was the Rockets' own fault. I don't know if you guys have anything more to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's the Rockets had plenty of chance to win the game. Yep. The fact that they lost the game and they're blaming on that single play, just two points. Yeah. Ridiculous. I don't think that's fair at all. <laughs> there are a lot of missed calls, blown calls. The Toronto and the Heat game was a blown call because the Heat, it should never have went to overtime because uh, when Norman Powell made a three oh, that gave him the go-ahead, he, like he stepped, stepped out of bounds. bounds. Yeah. Yep. And they blew the call. They even reviewed it. But they couldn't take it back. But they didn't uh, reverse it either. Yo, man, those very few calls are being reversed. It seems like refs, because the refs who missed the call, they're the one reviewing their own missed call. This is like they're not, they're not gonna reverse their own. They're not gonna admit their own mistake. Yeah, the challenge is a nice feature, but I feel like you need independent review, not not being reviewed by the ref who made the call. Exactly. Completely yeah. agree. Don't they have a whole? research center that is viewing the games live with referees. They have a headquarters. Headquarters. Have a headquarters that does that. And they should have access to plenty of resources to figure out what the right call is, yet they choose to have referees who have somewhat of a biased opinion even after making <laughs> the wrong call because they don't want to seem like they did something wrong. Exactly. So I just don't understand why they rely on the referees being there and try to make every single call possible for the game when they have so many different resources and technologies to make the whole game is a lot more efficient and accurate. But I guess that's a different topic for another day. Yeah. No, well, maybe they'll implement it next year. I mean, this challenge was a nice uh, feature for this year. Yep. It's a good beginning, I guess. A good start. Anything else you guys want to mention? Well, there's only, well, if you guys don't have anything, I just want to mention two things. Mm -hmm. It's just small, little tiny things that are happening. 
One of them is about uh, Kawhi Leonard because today is the day that he's going to get his championship ring. They're playing in Toronto, I believe. Th- this comes up to my next to the next thing because Kawhi Leonard is getting his ring today, and he's the re- one of the one of the pretty much the main reason why they won a championship last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think Toronto's ever going to retire his number, <laughs> even though he only played one year? But that one year was significant. When you're thinking about like history of like the basketball in Toronto, he's a sole reason. He's he yeah. pretty much is is it? Even though he only played one year, I'm gonna say no. It's just too short. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's kind of pathetic. After just one year, you give that big achievement. Like usually they hang jersey for like a legacy. Exactly. Thank you, David. <laughs> it's like the rewarding a mercenary. For coming in and giving him a championship. And that doesn't sound right to me. I I like Kawhi a lot, but he just stayed there for one single year. And as great as that was, it's just one year. Like David said, retiring uh, jerseys or banners, that's for legacies. I don't think Kawhi qualifies for that. I I just want to point this out, though, because you Mm -hmm. guys say that it's about legacy and it's pretty much about legacy. I believe the Miami Heat also retired Jordan's number, even though Michael Jordan never played for them. I think every team did that, didn't they? Or... A lot of teams did it. And it's not just to, I mean, he never played for the Heat, but it's just to solidify his legacy as the ambassador, the greatest player of the sport, you know, biggest name in the sport. It's just to show a lot of respect to his name. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, in my opinion, but I could see why people wouldn't like it. Because what if Kawhi Leonard became a great player? It, like it's too early to tell yet. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Right now, it's too early to tell. But what if down yeah. the line he does make a legacy? He does have a legacy. You think you don't think? Uh, There's Toronto's a lot of ifs to get to that no, point. I still don't think so. <laughs> like if no, if if he had saying, that great career, I, I just want to ask. The assumption is he will won championship in the Clippers. Then right. I think Jordan's legacy and getting his jersey retired by opposing teams is a matter of what he did for basketball as a whole. Only very select few people can make that claim. Like in this generation, it would probably be LeBron and maybe Stephen Curry, just so the impact he did on today's game. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you got plenty of other players that are extremely good, but they're never going to get that clout that Jordan had. Not from a basketball perspective, but just from reputation and fame. Mm, I don't know about that. I agree with you on the Michael Jordan. I don't know about Steph Curry. Though. I wouldn't put Steph Curry on the same. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But he did change the game a lot. And that goes... Oh, yeah. It has yeah. a lot of credibility just from his own personal play style. Like, no one did what he did. And now every single player, in every single team in the NBA is trying to play like he does. Mm-hmm. Mm. You might not think he's as good as Jordan or LeBron, but he did change the NBA. Modern NBA has been changed because of him. Solely because of him. I don't think people are going to retire his jersey, though. Don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> right. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about? David Fisdale being fired from the Knicks is a joke. But then again, it makes sense. The Knicks are a joke. And that's the end of my news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to talk about the uh, the Knicks. I mean, what's he going to do with, like... What, didn't they didn't they sign, like, 10 power forwards? It might be a small number there, Carson. It might be more. <laughs> oh, more than ten. <laughs> so what? Their whole team was full of powerful. Words? I know, right? They could. 
Like, come yeah. on. He got free money. That's all he. That's all he needs. That's all he wanted. Yeah, but I feel like his coaching legacy is tarnished because I think he also got fired from Memphis, and he didn't left a good impression there either. So. Made it to the playoffs. He was a good coach. He hasn't yeah. been given a good chance, although it's not entirely the team's fault. To the sense that he should know what he's getting himself into, and maybe he needs to pick his teams more carefully. So, I don't think you have that opportunity anymore. Well, <laughs> I sometimes I, I think you need to be patient. The opportunity might be there, but for example, like he's coming from the Heat. The Heat are known to put out very good talent, even from a coaching perspective. Uh, like Juwan Howard never really got an NBA job, but he's doing really well in college. Mm-hmm. Um, David Fitzgerald has a lot of uh, credibility with a lot of important players in the NBA. Given that he was an assistant coach with the the Heatos, LeBron, Bosch, and Dwayne Wade, and they all have very good things to say about him, and I'm sure the his credibility runs through all the organizations in the NBA. I just think he he never picked a good situation to put himself in, and I think that's partially his fault. Yep, I agree. I like him as a coach. He did a good job for the Memphis Grizzlies, but. You know, they just didn't care too much for him. I think the management was changing, and so they got rid of him. He also had problems with uh, handling superstars, apparently. Didn't he have beef with Marcus Gasol? Yeah. Is that the issue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 just, I don't remember it ending, ending well for him in Memphis. Hey, man, all I know is that that whole spiel he made when he was playing the Spurs in the playoffs, <laughs> when he said, take that for data, oh, that was so great. That's <laughs> an awesome moment. <laughs> You can put that on a T-shirt. Oh yeah. Well, if there's no, if there's not not like anything else you guys want to talk about, let's uh, talk about uh, Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic. So let's start with the Orlando Magic. Go oh, no, no, I, I digress. We, you have to start with the Heat after yesterday's game with the Hawks. You gotta talk about that. That was oh, nuts. Win. You gotta oh, talk God. about that. What what do what do you want me to begin when? Uh, I'm sure you have plenty when uh, Trey when Trey Young said it's over, saying it's over, <laughs> and, then the heat, and then the Heat came back with about and then a minute decim- left. Yep, and then decimated them. It was even was even more funny was he wasn't even playing. He wasn't playing till like the last minute. They sit him out because his defense is so putrid. They can't. <laughs> Putrid. <laughs> he, he look at the last few possessions that he after he said that he wasn't in. He wasn't in the last possessions. Oh, he wasn't. Even in overtime, he didn't play much either. Oh, yeah, because the Heat were just scoring nonstop. I mean, look, look at Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson made 10 threes yesterday on 10 of 14. <laughs> 10 of 14. a Heat record. Yep. Mario, Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Chalmers. Yeah. That's like, wow. There was a lot of career nights uh, in that game. This first time, first time two Heat players got triple-double in one game. First triple double for Bam Adebayo, I believe. 30, um, 11, and 11. Very mm-hmm. impressive. 30 yeah. point triple double. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's really cool. His, his, he, his that's, week has oh. been gorgeous. He, he's been scoring a lot of points. Like, this is his best scoring week. Like, he's yeah. averaging 20 over the past three games. He's averaging 25 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block. Incredible. Hey, but yeah. it was Jimmy Butler that was named the Eastern Conference of the week, though. That, I mean, he had a better week. So he had a really, he played really well too. 
Yeah. The Heat have gone to two overtime games back to back already. Yeah. Well, not back to back. Not back to back, but two games in a row overtime. And Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler has carried them. Oh yeah. Like taken them in the in overtime. Like he he dragged them so that the game can go to overtime. Oh like, yeah. That's what the, the entire heat... Tyler Hero yeah. took over in the we're, oh, yeah. we're talking about the Bulls, right? <laughs> are we talking about that one? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the Bulls <laughs> and the Yeah. The Bulls. But he still he still tied the game yesterday. He did. Yep. He did. He tied the game yesterday with his three. He is not a good three point shooter, but when it comes down to like the last minute, his he seems to make everything. <laughs> it, it it reminds me of a very familiar player from the Heat, right behind <laughs> you, David. Like yeah, Dwayne Wade is not a particularly great shooter, but when right. it came down to the winning the game, like he would just make crazy shots, jump shots, three pointers, whatever it took. Steals, blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like and players notice, like in in that Chicago Bulls game, um, when the Heat were down two with I think like thirteen seconds left, he drew the double team, and that left Tyler Hero right open. And so just that presence, everybody know he's clutch and him drawing the double team on like a, on a mid range shot. That was the difference right there. That's what his superstar status gets you wide open shots for Tyler Hero. Yesterday's game was just, yeah, it was just crazy. Also, the last person who also uh, had a career night yesterday was Kendrick Nunn. Oh, yes. He scored 34 points. <laughs> on over 50% field goal percentage. Yeah, it's a breakout game for him. Yes. He was kind of having a rough week. You know, this this week was supposed to be the, like an easy week for the Heat, but a lot of those games, all three games weren't that easy. I'm sorry. I, I had him confused. Uh, Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn scored 36. Duncan scored 34. Right. Yes. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Bama, Bio, and Jimmy Butler had 100 points. (laughs) (laughs) Combined for 100 points. (laughs) Because the bench came up empty for them. Tyler Hero was rough. Must have been his first game of the year. Yeah, 0 for 6. I mean, what's concerning is that the the bench weakness, and that's because Goran Dragic is still injured. Something to do with his groin. I think he's still out for yep. a while. That's, he's pulled his groin. That's tough. It's a little concerning. Also, Winslow is also out because of back. I think he yeah. had back issues. Jeez, man. He's always hurt, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Another key thing I like uh, from last night's Hawks win um, for the Miami Heat is uh, the return of Derek Jones Jr. He was guarding Trey Young, especially in the second half. And he was doing a pretty good job. At I it. thought he was fine. He kept up. Yeah. Trey Young did not really have a good game last night, uh, <laughs> shooting wise. And yeah, very impressive guarding the, the star point guard. Um, I like that from him. Vince Carter also did well in the first half, but he kind of fell apart second half. Because I believe he made four three three pointers in this in the first half. I just remember one of them was the Heat were up by fifteen. It was twelve mm-hmm. or fifteen. I believe it was fifteen, though, in in the first quarter, and then they just let the Hawks catch back up. Was that yeah. because the second unit came in? Uh, DeAndre Hunter had a. Good it was team. yeah. This, when he, the second yeah, it was during the second unit. But yeah, DeAndre Hunter was played really well yesterday. 
Yeah, I think he's he, gonna be a good player. He blew by like Duncan Robinson a few yeah. times. <laughs> not, I'm not expecting Duncan Robinson to stop. True, that true. Yeah, that's not his strength. But yeah, he took advantage of that matchup. But then, yeah, he let Duncan Robinson get off too. So, yeah. they don't play defense. That's all. I, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, they're also missing John Collins too. Yep, that's um, his own damn fault. <laughs> that is true. No one to blame but himself. Did the Heat have any other interesting games? I mean, against the Bulls, it was. Yeah. I, I know I criticized Jimmy Butler last week. So I think the trend is I have to keep criticizing him to so he could keep having these monster games. <laughs> you know, even though even when he's not shooting well, he just he just makes plays for other teammates. He he gets shots for them. He is their point guard, like I mentioned plenty of times before. And like it was really crucial in the in the last minute for that Chicago Bulls game for Jimmy Butler. Like I said, drawing the double team, leaving Ty- allowing Tyler Hero to get that uh, open three to put the Heat up two with, uh, I think, less than 13 seconds left. Even when he's not shooting well, he does so many other things. His defense, too, mm-hmm. contributes everything. And, and that's a very important point that yeah. I always bring up when I'm talking to friends about Jimmy Butler, who don't consider him a, a true superstar in the NBA, which mm-hmm. to me is so puzzling because... He just makes winning plays every single possession, offensive yep, possessions, yeah. defensive possessions. He just tries to win the game however way he can. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue that I have with these other players who, you know, all they know what to do is score, which is a good skill to have. But if you're not scoring, which happens a lot, if you're not shooting at a proficient level in that particular game, how else are you going to contribute to your team? in helping them get that win. I don't consider those types of players a true superstar because they don't they just can't carry like someone like Jimmy Butler can. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, definitely call Jimmy Butler a superstar. And the fact there was a lot of uh at least from my perspective, I heard a lot of uh, I guess analysts and experts say that he's not worth uh, the money for a full max contract. I was like, you're nuts. Like there's no <laughs> way just because he's playing third fiddle in Philadelphia and he's actually acclimating to his role as a third as a third superstar doesn't mean that he's not worth the money i but do they do they know that like during like game time like the last 2 minutes of the quarter when the mm-hmm. when the philadelphia was like if they're down or they need a bucket they don't give the ball to ben simmons or it was uh, all Butler. Yeah, yeah it was all, all butler or indeed they give it to uh, butler yeah. <laughs> to close the game that doesn't make sense at all. I was super excited when he, Jimmy no. Butler went to the Heat. Super excited. I was like, this is perfect. This guy is great. Like, who who wouldn't want him? It's I. <laughs> anyways, I, I feel like Jimmy Butler fits what Miami like the Miami Heat like thing because Miami wants to play hard. They play hard every single possession. They play mm-hmm. defense and they just play hard. That's what Jimmy Butler likes. That's what Jimmy Butler didn't like when he was with the Timberwolves, when he had a supposedly his little uh, spat with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And despite all that drama that happened after that first season with the Timberwolves, yeah. he got them to the playoffs. Yeah. He himself yeah. is the sole reason they got to the playoffs. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm just I don't know. He's, he plays. He played a lot of minutes this past week, or, or actually this month. 
Um, yeah, he did. He's been playing over like forty something minutes. They yeah, need, he needs. Uh, they yeah. need to like. They yeah, need to cut that down. But like, they have a lot of injuries. I mean, uh, yeah. Winslow and Drogic are two primary ball handlers, playmakers for the Heat, and if they're not there. You know, he has an injury history. So I'm just worried about. Yeah. I mean, he's been like he like he's been the the player that played the most minute uh, for the Heat. So it's it's a little concerning, at least to me. So Drogic's injury is not really. There's no timetable for return now, I guess. Uh, I'm not seeing it. Uh, haven't haven't seen any news for that yet. What about uh, Winslow? Winslow. The last time I looked at it was day to day. Okay, so yeah. that, that's a good sign. Yeah, because they're two primary ball handlers for the Heat, correct? And yep. besides yep. those three, including Butler, uh, who else handles the ball? Maybe Kendrick Nunn. No, mm. Kendrick Nunn is mostly the scorer now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they gave they gave some of the uh, well for the Bulls game. They let Tyler Hero bring up the ball. They're letting Tyler Hero initiate offense on the Bulls game. Okay. Yesterday, not so much because he was having an off night yesterday. Oh, so hopefully, as the players start getting healthier, cross your fingers. Winslow and Drogic start getting healthier, and maybe they'll start toning down Butler's minutes. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. I find that really hard. Yeah, it's, and especially this week, they like they didn't like this. Like I mentioned, this they played the Wizards, the Bulls, the Hawks. You know, these are not competitive teams, but they the friendly schedule. Yeah, but they they did struggle um, against these teams. Like it wasn't an easy win for the Heat for any of the for any of these three teams. Mm-hmm. I think it's a win, you know, as much as they struggle with the injuries that were given, they still got the win. So I think that's a, I would take that as a positive. If, if Winslow wasn't, wasn't injured, I feel like his minutes wouldn't be in the forties. I feel like it's still, it would be in the thirties if Winslow wasn't injured. Cause Winslow is also, I feel like the only reason why they have to play Jimmy brother that long is because nobody else on that team can create their own shot. Yeah. Nobody can beat their guy off the dribble besides probably Goran, Goran Dragic, and Justice Winslow. They don't have anybody else who can create their own shot and beat somebody off the dribble. They don't mm-hmm. have anybody. Like Tyler Hero, he, you know, he, he has that little step back like jump shot, but that's just a jump shot. It's not driving it in, trying to get like a get contact and get to the free throw line. Because that's, that's what Jimmy uh, Butler likes to do. Jimmy Butler likes to do. Actually draw, he because when the during the uh, Chicago game and then also during the Atlanta game, all he did was just drive it in. Yeah. Whoever was guarding him and get to the free throw line and then make the free throws. That's all it was. And then he got him. It, it's it's uh it's you know like the tough like you know gritty like type of way to like tie the game. But that's what he that's what they need. That's what it takes. And that's what man. he's good for. Gotta and make he, those they winning win. plays. They win. Mm-hmm. Back to David's point, like the minutes, I I do agree with you, David. He, they need to like really cut those minutes down. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He's he's thirty, right? What thirty? Is he thirty one? He's thirty. Thirty, yeah. But still, he he, ha- he has an injury history. So, like he hasn't played a full. I can't remember last time he played a, a healthy. He wasn't injured. He also has a, a lot of mileage on mm-hmm. on the legs. Mm-hmm. Those legs have a lot of mileage. <laughs> yeah. Because Tom, I, back when he was playing with the Bulls, Tom Thibodeau used to like work him to the yeah. ground. 
One interesting point I want to bring up the Heat's next opponent is the Lakers. Um, yeah. They played them on Friday, but the Lakers actually played the Magic uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this like gap. I'm assuming so once after the Magic game, the Lakers are probably coming to Miami around Thursday or late Wednesday. So they're just like I'm getting to the the, um, the night life, the home field advantage that Miami have. I want to see if that comes into play when they play. I think, I think, I don't think <laughs> what do they say? Miami undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Lakers have a lot of free time in Miami. Um, Miami undefeated. I, I want to see how they play. Yeah, on Friday. But uh, it, it's funny how you say that because uh, a lot of my, uh, I was talking to my one of my coworkers uh, mm-hmm. the other day about uh, the Miami Heat, and and he was like asking me how how can uh, how did Chicago like get to stay uh, stay in the game against Miami when they came in Saturday? Didn't they go out on Saturday night? <laughs> how <did> they <laughs> how they still have so much energy? So I'm like I was thinking about that like they probably didn't go out if they had if they were able to do that beat uh, bring the heat uh, the game to overtime right unless both teams went out the night before. That's what I'm thinking. I don't like, think this whole advantage works against just the opponents. I think it works against the Heat as well. <laughs> like, if they see a weak team coming in, it's like, hmm, I could go out tonight. Okay, let's go out tonight, guys. <laughs> and uh, places in Miami, they don't they don't close till, like, at, at midnight. They close, like, at 6 a.m. the next day. <laughs> and this is from experience. So, uh, anyways, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about for the uh, about the Lakers? I guess it's a good segue to the magic. I don't know if you have anything else you want to mention about the heat. No. Okay. So kind of like what David mentioned, the magic are going to play the Lakers tonight. And obviously the Lakers are a bad matchup pretty much against any team in the NBA, given how big their lineup is. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the magic, they don't have uh, Vujovic back, which... As much as he can provide on the offensive end, I don't think he'd be able to stop Davis or or even uh, LeBron from driving in. Uh, I mean, we all know how good the Lakers are right now, so I'm not really expecting a win from the Magic. But I'm gonna. I'm not either. Even at home, even in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress from that point. I did want to <laughs> talk about the Magic's uh, last week's schedule. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a quick overview. Right now, they're 11 and 12. Uh, 11 mm-hmm. wins, 12 losses. They're eighth in the East. Uh, last week, they went 2-1. and one. They won 2. One against Phoenix, which I thought was a great win for them. They won at Cleveland. Uh, but then they lost in Milwaukee. And I really wanted to touch on the Milwaukee game, even though it was an expected loss. Uh, it's just, it's, I just have to mention how Great Giannis is like, oh my gosh, he is just so dominating. But I'll get to that when I uh, when I get to the Bucks matchup. Uh, I did want to talk about the Phoenix Suns wins, though. Uh, I thought it was a very important match for the Magic just because they're kind of like the same tier. Uh, they're both fighting for the eighth spot, hanging around the 50 win percentage rate. Putting them against each other, it kind of made me realize that the Magic, they're... They're a good team, even without Nikola Vujovic. You know, they they play well. 
especially like on the defensive end. The whole team had a pretty good output, uh, but yeah. especially Aaron Gordon. He got 32 points on 87 percentage, which is oh not which is not sustainable, right? But I do think it's very important for his confidence since he's been having pretty bad games. And I'm not saying he's going to be able to produce this at a high, a high percentage, but it's good to see that he's still trying to put up numbers because it's important to me. It's important for the team for him to produce on the offensive offensive end. Um, there's not a lot of weapons that can score a lot in the in the Magic, so for him to mm-hmm. contribute consistently between you know 17 points to 20 points would be great, and having a huge performance like that against a pretty solid team, I think it'll do wonders for his confidence. It might not have helped the very next few games, but maybe in the future he remember this game. Specifically about that game as well, the Magic didn't have Vujovic, Carter-Williams, or Michael Carter-Williams or Aminu. So that's another reason why I think it's important they, they get that win. They're going to need every win to solidify their playoff spot. And these mm-hmm. very uh, competitive games against teams that are around their level, they're going to count. The rest of the month for the Magic, in the month of December, the rest of the schedule is it's really rough, tough. man. It's so rough. And I'm going to get to that. So, like, winning against Phoenix uh, or other teams that are around, I feel like are on the same level, like the Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. those are going to be very important wins for the Magic when it comes to the playoff run. We all know how, I don't know if, well, I don't think we all know, but um, Devin Booker has been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not going to talk, what about uh, Frank Kaminsky? Because he played well during that game, didn't he? Oh, no, it's, that's just the cherry on top, man. I'll get oh. to that. Because <laughs> oh. uh, that, that's the only thing I remember about that game. <laughs> <laughs> Frank the tank. It's Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank? Yeah. Uh, he did, he, Frank the Tank can do well in certain matchups. But he's not very consistent, unfortunately. Nope. But he's still good in my eyes. He's great. Frank the Tanks. He's okay. Um, <laughs> he's best backing up um, Aaron Baines. Yeah. And so Aaron Baines did not play during that game. Right, he's right. been out for a while. Um, but um, Tyler Johnson didn't play either. DeAndre Aiden didn't play. So the Phoenix Suns were also depleted of a good number of rotational players. But so was the the Magic so I kind of put it as a even, I would say. But I want to say that Booker, Devin Booker, has been doing really well. Uh, he's been playing and trying on defense, and he's not bad. You know, he's uh, he contributes a decent amount, staying in front of players when he needs to, especially not just giving up on plays, um, which goes a lot. Uh, it says a lot about Monty Williams as a head coach. Got the whole team playing very hard. But uh, like I mentioned early in the season, he's actually doing really well as a playmaker. I think he's averaging six and a half assists a game and shooting on the highest percentage, either uh, field goal percentage-wise overall or three-point percentage. So he's taking his game to another level, and I think it's important to keep an eye on him. He's playing pretty, pretty good. Uh, Do you guys have anything to add about the Phoenix Suns game against the Magic? Well, well, I don't. Oh, go I ahead. already mentioned mine, which was Frank the Tank, because he <laughs> he went tw- ten for twelve uh, and scored twenty three points. So that's the yeah. only thing I want to bring up. 
Yeah, but I think the next game he didn't do well afterwards. <laughs> I mean, next. yes, you you talk about consist consistency, Stephen, for Aaron Gordon. I think what's been huge is Terrence Ross for the Magic. Yeah, oh, yeah. very inconsistent oh. player. So you're, you're right. this. So I wanted to touch on that. I was gonna get okay. to that after the three games. Uh, oh, but okay, yeah. during All this right. three game span, he is actually averaging over twenty points mm-hmm. on a very good field goal percentage. Um, Evan Fournier not as efficient, but and I believe the game against the Cavs, he didn't shoot as well, but he's still shooting pretty well, averaging over the twenty point game. So. You know, those uh, are the. Pl- mm-hmm. I uh, let me split some numbers for you. For the month of December, Evan Fournier, he's he's shooting over fifty percent um, from field goal percent overall field goal percentage and three point. He's averaging over twenty five points a game as well. Jesus. So, yeah, he's playing. He is the sole reason the Magic have any sort of scoring on a consistent level. Yeah. And then Ross has been recently been scoring more, being mm-hmm. more effective. Uh, so, like I mentioned, he's been averaging over 20 points a game coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And that's been helping the Magic a lot because they don't really have any scores from the bench except for him. So, he needs to score. DJ Augustine sometimes scores, but uh, he's, more on a, he's more on a... He'll give you 10 points maybe here and there. This, but Terrence this has Ross more to is, do with the Bucks game, but... If he's not scoring, he is a liability on defense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's not a very oh, <laughs> defensive heavy player. George Hill was oh man. George Hill was running circles on him. <laughs> George Hill, oh my god. I just wanted to touch really briefly on the Cavs game. It was a yeah. very low scoring game. Uh but this is the game that Michael Carter Williams returned. I, like I never so. Yeah, I, like he, I never liked him too much as a player because uh he just talks a lot. Starts up a lot of drama with the players for like really weird reasons, like not very insignificant reasons. And but watching him play more closely, he's such a good contributor on the defensive end. Very active, very like David's a great hustler. He's always trying to be involved in the defensive end. His hands are always active, even if he's he knows the balls are being thrown from a blind spot, like behind his back. His hands are always following the the path that he expects the ball to land like mm-hmm. well, on the opponent's hand. And he had a great stretch in the Bucks game where he made three defensive plays straight. That kind of gave the Magic a spur. I think it was the second quarter. They got him pretty close. And going to the Bucks game, it's just crazy like how impactful Giannis is. He comes in, dominates the whole game, goes to the <laughs> bench, and is just chilling. Oh, the Magic are getting a little close. All right, put Giannis in. Boom. The league just stretches automatically. Like, it was nuts. <laughs> it's just instant impact. And it just feels like, all right, we're in a tough stretch. All right, Giannis, go do your thing. And just completely dominates the game. Jonathan Isaac tried to play defense on him, but he got in foul trouble pretty early on in the first half. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't really have an impact too much just because he was on the bench a lot, which is a lot about trying to stop Giannis. And Aaron Gordon is just, as athletic as he is, he's just too small against Giannis. Giannis is just a bulldozer. As much as uh, Aaron Gordon tried to contain Giannis, um, Aaron Gordon had a pretty rough night on the offensive end. It was a lot more competitive than I expected. But I think that's just because... When the game got away, Giannis would sit and the Magic would try to come back and do a decent job 
but technically mm-hmm. it was never within winning range because <laughs> <laughs> all the Bucks had to do is just put Giannis back in and like, oh, there goes the game. Um, but a couple of other notes. Oh, go oh, ahead. Him? Oh, I was just going to say Aaron Gordon. I mean, Aaron Gordon, yeah, he can't contain Giannis, but like him and Isaac had some nice blocks on Giannis. Um, oh, yeah. They still, I, mean, I think he still got it back and scored, but it was He's good really- effort. <laughs> I think Giannis scored 32 points in 34 minutes or 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Is you know, it's it's pretty impressive. But like David mentioned, Isaac did. I think he got like five blocks in the game, mm-hmm. four or five blocks. He um, could have got more if he wasn't in foul trouble. Yeah, it's just a physicality. Isaac is not. He can play very good physical defense, but his blocks come from being very long and athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, which athleticism doesn't really relate against someone who is a bulldozer like Giannis, who plays so physical, right? There's no finesse about. Well, there is finesse about Giannis's game, but it's just his sheer strength is just overwhelms defenders. What they should have done is they should have just kept fouling. They should have just kept giving him, throwing him on the line. Then they would have had a better chance of winning that game, because uh, Giannis only uh, he was six for twelve from the free throw line. Yeah. He shot 50 percent. So if they wanted, if they really wanted to win, they should have just kept fouling him and just did like hack a shack. Yeah. If if that's the case, uh, I feel like it. He's if he if you see him if he if you see somebody who who's only making half their free throws and you want to like come back, I think hack a shack. I think the math on that is they have to shoot less than fifty percent for for it to really be an advantage. Yes. That is correct. I don't think Giannis is that bad a free throw shooter. I don't know. That's what you usually only see for like Shaq and DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan. Like they shoot under forty percent from free throws. But yeah, I don't know if that would have worked too well. Uh, some good notes. Other good yeah. notes about the game. Markel Fultz had nine assists, and I think mm. just two turnovers. I really like Fultz as a playmaker for the Magic. If he gets a shot going, which I think is very likely as he develops, uh, he's going to be a great player for for the Magic. Yeah. And I hope he keeps uh, improving. Yeah, I see him getting a max from the Magic. I, I see that too, David. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, um, I think it would be worth it. I don't know if you guys are saying it as like, uh, it, it's a good, it would be a good signing or... Oh, I think somebody will give it to him. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I am very optimistic about his potential. That mm-hmm. I'm willing to even consider it. Same yeah. for Jonathan Isaac because they could get much better than what they are now. Uh, when you compare it to someone like Bujevic, who is pretty good, but he's pretty much the player that he is. He's not gonna get that much better. Yeah, well, um, I think. Evan Fournier is more relevant just because he like like I mentioned last week he has this is he has a player option for next year he's getting paid seventeen million and the way he's playing now you could see him being worth twenty million or more do the Magic want to play pay that much for Evan Fournier like like the Magic like, absolutely <laughs> should not pay him even if he has a career year we all know about uh, contract yes. years right yes so. yeah that goes to your point like you know what Evan Fournier is. On this a regular. Is this is his best. You're not going to expect too much more from what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely uh, agree. On that note, 
you guys uh anything you want to finish it off with because we are running out of time uh real quick just gonna give a little injury report about the magic markel Fultz is questionable for today's game against the lakers due to illness nikola vujovic might return as early as friday this Friday wow. against the Rockets. They're going to need him for that. And Alfredo Camino, he's is not going to have game? surgery. Is that a home game or is it a away game? It's a home game for the Magic, yes. Oh, okay. So Alfredo Camino will not have surgery on his torn meniscus on his right knee. That's um, but there's still no timetable for his return. And like David mentioned, the uh, Magic have a pretty rough schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. After the Rockets game this Friday, they're going to go on a four-game road trip in the West. They're going to start off with the Pelicans. And then they go to Jazz, Nuggets, and Trailblazers. So that should be pretty interesting. And they need to get as many wins as possible. If they have a really productive week, they could win. I I actually see them <laughs> winning the Rockets, the, Rockets? the Jazz, <laughs> and the Blazers. Whoa. So the Rockets are winning the more Pelicans. like... <laughs> they they definitely need to win that one. I think you guys have a chance against the uh, against Portland. Portland. I think the Jazz as well. The Jazz, yes, I believe uh, so. Yeah, too. they're yeah, they're not doing too hot. Exactly. Yeah. I think they're. You you guys can do two and one. I don't think you guys are gonna beat the uh, the Rockets unless the Rockets go out in Orlando. But places in Orlando close at two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That's me uh, closing off on the magic. So, Well, that's it for this week's uh, Heat and Magic Assist podcast. See you guys next week.